What is going on, squad? My name is Brian Mark, and I'm the host of the number one podcast for online fitness coaches who want to make more money, change more people's lives, and have more of an impact in the world without spending any money on ads, websites, or even a funnel. Now, I built my fitness business to over $50,000 a month over the course of four years, and in the last two years, I've helped over 500 online fitness coaches quit their jobs and take their businesses online. Also, 50 of those students are over 10K each and every single month. Now, thank you so much for being here. Let's get into today's episode. What is going on online fitness coaches? It is your mentor, B Mark Fit, coming at you with another episode of the Change Lives Make Money Online Training Podcast. This is the number one show for online fitness coaches who are trying to grow a successful online business. I'm thrilled to be here with you guys, and I'm more than grateful. Recently, we just got named one of the top 50 business podcasts in all of Canada to be listening to for entrepreneurship. And that's dope because that's not even just for online coaches. That's for entrepreneurship. That makes me super happy. So in today's episode, I'm gonna be interviewing and talking to one of my really good friends one of guys that I've known since I was literally 14 years old. His name's Corey Robach. And I was able to help Corey go from 300 Instagram followers and no social media experience to, you know, making over $20,000 a month. And we're going to be talking about that in today's episode. We're also going to be talking about when you should quit your in-person job. Corey, what's up, bro? How you doing? Good. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hope you guys are all having an amazing day. Actually, it's pretty awesome. I'm pretty excited to do this podcast today because this really touches home for me. So really excited to be here. Really excited to talk about this and give some value to your podcast. So let's get going. Yo, let's do it. So before we talk about that, dude, you're in the process of a move. Why don't we chat about that first? Let's give people some goodies. So just for some context, I moved to Kelowna, you guys, two years ago when me and Kirsten first started dating. Me, Corey, and Cole used to all live in the same city and we would hang out and we work together. Like at the time I was running Aesthetic Nation. So we do team meetings for Aesthetic Nation all the time. But then I moved out to Kelowna. And since moving out to Kelowna, like I still see Corey and Cole, but it's just not as frequent. You know, maybe we see each other once a month or once every two months. So obviously we talk on the phone all the time, but it's just different. So I've been in Kelowna for two years. And to be honest, I'm kind of an introvert. <laughs> so, you know, you guys see me on the podcast and you don't think I'm an introvert, but I prefer to like hustle my face off and then hang out with my fiance. And then other than that, I'm pretty chill unless it's my like best, best friend. So I honestly, I'm excited for what Corey's about to tell you guys, but that's some context. So Corey, from your perspective, what was it like after I left Calgary? <laughs> uh, you missed me, right? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, because like, who's not going to miss their best friend when they just up and like go to a different city. So it was kind of like, oh shit, well, lucky guy. But also the thing, I was a little bit jealous too, because as you know, like I grew up in Calgary. I was born here, went to school here, raised here, all that. And it's never really been my plan to stay in Calgary. And I'm, for some reason, I've always kind of just prolonged it and I always kind of stuck around for some reason. And now I'm uh, definitely excited to uh, take on a new uh, place, go to a new uh, area, just because it's just something I just always wanted to do. And Cologne has always been one of those places where I've always enjoyed it too. So I was like, you know what? I'm 28. At the end of the day, it's time to make a move. I've been in Calgary my whole life and want to start somewhere else and just have a whole new environment to uh, be inspired to do new shit. Like that's kind of the thing is uh, you get stuck in the same environment all the time. You're just, yeah, you end up getting kind of complacent with it a little bit where you've done all the stuff, you've kind of seen all the same things every single day. It's not really stimulating anymore. In every time I've gone to like Vancouver, Toronto, fucking traveling to Bali, going out to Kelowna, I always like have a new kind of fire under it because I'm in new areas and I'm now stimulated. And every time I've come and hung out with you in Kelowna, we've just gotten shit done. So yeah, I'm excited to do that. Moving to Kelowna was hard because I didn't know anybody here and it was like pretty lonely at first. And obviously like it was was like I lived in Calgary my entire life 
So to move out to a city where I don't know anyone and I was out of a routine, it was really difficult. But one of the benefits of being in Kelowna is because I didn't really know a lot of people, it just forced me to focus on my business. And moving out to Kelowna, like just helped me be like laser focused. And another thing that I believe is that every single time you travel or go somewhere new and you're in a new environment, it's like new stimulus, you're creative because you're like experiencing all these new things. And like that just forces you to think differently and to act differently because you're in a new environment. And like if you're born and raised in a city and you're like around the same people that you grew up with, and it's like, it's really easy to get complacent and to hang out with old friends and to fall back into old habits. So dude, I'm pumped for you to move out here. It's gonna be fun. Well, yeah, for sure. And then kind of like you said, like why uh, when you moved like how you didn't really know anyone and it was kind of lonely like well like you said but you're also like you're introverted like a lot of people don't think of you as an introverted person because you're very outspoken but you enjoy hanging out doing your own thing where on the flip side for me you know i'm kind of on the other end of the spectrum there where i'm very extrovert and i do a lot of shit so it's kind of nice that we'll have like a bit of that balance i'll pull you out and go do some shit but then you'll also be okay no you can just chill at home say the fuck it <laughs> yeah yeah that's one thing that you're really good at is showing up at my house and be like get your ass outside we're going to do something yo well, was it back uh when like i was still in the gym uh was it back in the summer me and you actually like started really hanging out again because like the thing about me and brian like for those that don't really know our little history we met when we were what 12 13 yeah, and we were on a football team, and we both played for the Broncos and Northeast Calgary and all that. And then, like, we would like hang out and talk a lot for like the next like couple months or even a year at times. But then every time we saw each other, it was like we. I was like, bro, what's up? Like we didn't even miss a day, and it's just like instant connection all the time. And that, that's how you kind of know who like who's like a really true friend and stuff because like you have those friends you talk to every day, stuff like that. But then like, you also have those friends where like no matter what, how long it's been, as soon as you start talking to each other, hang out with each other, whatever, it's instantly just picking up right where you left off and just going from there. And then, um, yeah, so me and Brian kind of went on through that, through that, and throughout the course till we were about kind of, what, 26, 25, yeah. 26 at the time. And then that's when we actually started hanging, hanging out, because me and him went through a big breakup. Together. Together. I broke up with my ex, and then you broke up with your ex at the same time, and we were sad together. Yeah. <laughs> During Stampede. During Stampede, it was the worst idea ever. <laughs> lots of drinks were had. Let's just say that. Lots of things were had. A lot of things were realized. That's also where uh, me and Brian uh, decided at that time, like, yo, do you want to go to Kelowna for the long weekend? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to go to Kelowna. So we ended up going to Kelowna is where I met everyone over at AE Nation, really vibed out with them. And that's when it, it kind of all kind of spiraled into it, where it was like, dude, quit your fucking job. <laughs> So Corey and I started hanging out because, so I was running Aesthetic Nation and I broke up with my ex at the time and he broke up with his ex at the exact same time. So we'd hang out all the time and we would just like talk about it and we would kind of like vent together. It was a bromance. And then I was working at Aesthetic Nation. So I was free all the time. Like obviously I had my client check-ins and I had a lot of work to do, but Corey was working at the gym. And so me and Corey would go out and we'd like have a few drinks And then the next day, Corey would be up at six in the morning to go work in the gym for 12 hours. And I'm like, he texts me and I'm still sleeping at like 11. And he's like, how's your morning? I'm like, what do you mean? Sleep. He's like, bro, I've been up since six doing personal training clients. I'm like, yo, you need to get out of that like immediately. But at the time, Corey was still like he was working like 12 hour days. And Corey's always been the type of person who just works, man. Like this guy is like always a workout. Back when we played football, he was like the type of person that wasn't the best athlete on the team, but he was the hardest worker, like showing up to practice early. When practice was done, he'd go home, he'd work out. He was working out five, six days a week. This is when we were 15 years old. And Corey was just like, he was just like, for lack of a better word, he was a brick shit house. Like I remember like looking at Corey when I was like 15, I was like, this guy would like murder me. 
But again, I remember like it wasn't like he was the best athlete on the team, but he was just the hardest worker. And then I watched Corey go from like I watched that work ethic progress into college and he ended up being one of the CIS, which is like in Canada, one of the top linebackers in Canada. He got named an all-star and then he got a brief career with the Stamps before he got injured. And just like watching somebody go from like, you know, not the best athlete, but the hardest worker. And then taking that to like where you get nationally recognized as being one of the best athletes. Like I always respected that. And I always thought that was like a trait that I wanted around me more, but we just like, we weren't connected because we were just in two different worlds. But dude, like, what was it like applying that work ethic that you have to the gym? Because I remember when me and you first met, you were working like 12 hours a day. Oh yeah. Like you'd be at the gym from 6am till 6pm. Yeah, like it'd be even longer than that at times. Like, let's be honest, I'd be getting there because like, you got to remember as a personal trainer, you got to look at other people's schedules. So when you're working with people there, well, when are they free? Early in the morning, quickly at lunch, after work. So yeah, you would be working all those times, but you're not always getting paid for those because in those dead times, you're either trying to find new clients, book new uh, people coming through, making sales connections and going through emails. And then also there's building your programs. There's also messaging your clients, scheduling, all this type of stuff that goes into it. But the kind of the shitty thing is you only get paid when you're actually training something. So I'd have 10, 12 sessions a day, but they would expand from 7 a.m. Then they'd go 9, 10. I even had some that were even 11 at night. So that's where it's kind of expands. You had sessions at 11 at night? Yeah, because the McLeod World Health was um, one of those gyms that was open uh, 24-7 during the week and open 5 a.m. to midnight on the weekend. So that's where, again, like I'd still be working because let's be honest, as a personal trainer, you're not making that much money, even though you're making sales and you're there all fucking day long on the gym floor, making connections, cleaning, doing all that shit. You're not always getting paid for those hours either. Now, not only that, but like for me alone, like my session rate was like a, it was 140, 130 per session that my client would pay for. Yeah. And I get somewhere between 28 to like 35. Max. So you're basically, as a personal trainer, you were responsible for selling packages at $140 an hour and you get paid 35, you'd be get paid 28 to $35 an hour. Yeah. So essentially you'd be selling packages for like, it'd be X amount of sessions for X amount of dollars, right? So that's where you'd be making those sales. Now I know some of the gyms, they give you a little commission on it, but the one I worked for, they didn't. So that's where, again, it's a little discrepancy with in-person and working in big box gyms. And then their whole idea behind it is that, well, it's our gym. It's our clients. We bring you, it's our this, it's our that. Even though I would still be in emails from people that would just sign up for membership, I'd literally bring them in, run through workouts, do all this, then and sell them at the end of it, then that's where they're like, oh yeah, but they're our client anyways. So that's why we get fucking what a hundred bucks out of per session that you run. So yeah. they're that and that's for them to make sure oh they're covering everything for them. Well, let's be honest here. You guys are taking more than you definitely need to, which kind of really hit me in a little bit of it it really pissed me off because I remember the month where I, it essentially clicked for me where I was like, you know, I can't do this anymore. Like this is bullshit. The fact that I worked, I think it was like 90 hours that week. Yeah. 90 that, hours in a week. 90 hours that week. And then on top of that, I was also I think I sold it was forty thousand dollars in personal training packages for that month. Yeah. And I went home with less than thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you're basically you worked ninety hours, you went home with less than thirty five hundred dollars in your paycheck. Was that for the month or the paycheck? Like that was for like that paycheck point. So it was ninety hours for each week I was doing it, and then with the sales overall for the month. Now you never got commission there anyway, but it's just kind of seen the gym made this much off my efforts and time, and I got paid this for the amount of time I spent doing all that. 
Just wanted to take a quick minute to say, I want to change your life. If you're listening to this podcast, then you know that I have what it takes to help you grow a successful online coaching business. So go to my Instagram, at TheRealBrianMark, and DM me the words, more clients. I'll reach out to you and we'll talk about what your biggest struggle is. We'll talk about what your goals are for your online coaching business, and I'll give you some guidance and a game plan for what to do next. Again, go to my Instagram, at TheRealBrianMark, and DM me the words, more clients, and I'll reach out to you to see if I can help. Now let's get back to today's episode. Just for some context, some of you guys that are listening to this are just strictly in-person trainers, which is totally cool. But if you sell an online fitness coaching program, like we educate our clients to start at $750 for a 12-week program, and then they can increase our rates from there based on you know their level of experience and their client base, if they have enough clients, et cetera, their confidence in selling the program, the value that they're giving in the program. So $3,500 is what you made. Was that a month's work or two weeks worth? Oh, $3,500 was worth a month. Okay, so $3,500 for the month is what you made. If you're an online fitness coach, if you sell five packages, you make $3,750. Five. Yeah. Versus working 90, like there was obviously, it's not in 90 hours every week, but there was 90 hours one week. It was probably 40 to 60 hours per week other than that, right? Well, yeah, because you got to remember too, like I'd still be running 10 to 12 sessions where I'd be paid a day. And like Corey, like, and I want to give some context here too, guys, because when Corey said that he worked 90 hours in a week, like Corey is the hardest working person that I know. And I believe you were one of the top 10 trainers in the business that you were working with, weren't you? When I was working at World Health, I was making sales and doing all my session counts. And I was definitely up there. I'm not exactly too sure exact number is, but I was even in the gym myself. I was either one or two in the gym I was currently working at, which was the highest performing gym at that company. So at the highest performing gym, the highest rate that you could possibly get paid was like 3,500, maybe, and let's just say $4,500 on the high end. Yeah, because you got to remember the gym takes a huge cut and they have all these different like things that they cut out of it. And then there's tax that there's all this taken out. And then you have to do all this stuff to even get any of that back. And then on top of that, you're also getting paid hourly. So that it fucks with your taxes where being a sole proprietor or having your own business, you can write all this shit off, which you can't necessarily do working for a company, even though you're a contracted worker, you can't write off as much as what you could have been a sole proprietor. Getting as much back as what you're getting taxed. What was it that made you decide that you were like absolutely done? Because you were very persistent. Like when I was running Aesthetic Nation, you were like, man, I want to work with you. I want to work with you. I want like, I want you to teach me. I want you to teach me. And I was kind of like, it was because we were friends. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I actually don't really like coaching friends because when I coach friends, I find that they don't take my advice seriously. So like, they're just because we're friends. It's almost like you're like, oh yeah, whatever. It's my boy. So I almost didn't want to coach you at first. So like, what was it that made you realize that like you like had to go online? Dude, the fact I was working that much and I watched your ass fucking go traveling all the fucking time. <laughs> you get those messages. Oh, yeah, dude, just woke up. Just going to go get a workout in. I just had a wicked breakfast. I'm like, oh, sweet. I've been at the gym since 6 fucking a.m. working back to back with clients. And now <laughs> in here just kind of like not feeling too great and you're like yeah i'm having the best time ever so it's also quality of life is definitely that thing where quality of life guys if you're listening to that that is huge I'm gonna quality quality of life. it has nothing to do with the fact that you made what at one point like six times as much as i did in a month yeah, i was making when me and you were friends i was making just myself for my own training business i was making about 15 grand a month and then i had five trainers that were working for me and i was making a percentage of all their income as well yeah so we can almost say you're at anywhere from six to ten ten times as much as i made yeah <laughs> not, not actually but that being said 
it was just kind of that and like the fact that i wasn't going anywhere in my life even though in my life like i was working my ass off and i was being told oh you're building your own business okay so how am i supposed to build my life and go do the things i want when literally the time i'm spending to make money to live the life that i want isn't making me enough money to even live my life mm. so, so it's quality of life it was like no matter how hard you worked you weren't ever going to make any progress and you were like kind of stuck in the same place well dude and if you look at it well i'm working six seven days a week because getting 90 hours in a work week anyone that works anywhere north of 70 knows how shitty it is mm-hmm. when you're looking at that well what are you sacrificing on top of that okay so i'm working the whole time so i definitely need to get some sleep so mm-hmm. i go home, make dinner, look at my day the next day, watch TV for an hour, go to bed. And I actually remember that was one of the distinct things that you said when you were reaching out to me and you're like, yo, bro, I need to go online. Is you're like, I don't have any time for my friends. Not friends, any time to do fucking anything. So you're like, even though you're making like, at the time you actually thought 3,500 to 4K was decent money. Like, you know, making decent money, like I can't do anything with it. I'm like, bro, that's not decent money. Like, it's not money because then if anyone else knows what adulting is and the fact that with being an adult you have bills and things you have to pay for so not only that now that all stacks up and then you're like oh so i'm not actually left with that much at the end of the week if anything i'm in the red Mm -hmm. dude how much fear and uncertainty did you have jumping into online coaching with 300 instagram followers (laughs) it wasn't even just 300 instagram followers it was the fact i was never actually using my social media you dude you never posted at all no, and, and like, you're like asking me, you're like, can I be an online trainer? I'm like, no, like you haven't posted in six years. I'm like, that's part of the game. You're not doing it. So no. Yeah, yeah, because I literally had social media just to look at what people fucking did. I it wasn't even for me to even do anything on it. So it was a little scary because, well, let's kind of dive into kind of how we got started into the whole online training thing. And it wasn't so much me just deciding to go into online training. It was me literally burning every single bridge I had and walking out of the gym with that is the only thing I had going on. Because a lot of times, again, with us, like knowing like a lot of people coming from different areas. And- so burning the bridges, burning the yeah, bridges. Yeah, I dive back into burning the bridges because um, I gave my two weeks to the gym. I remember I told you that I even called you. I was like, Brian, I gave my two weeks. I'm fucking done. And yeah. you're like, oh, shit. Okay, cool. And then I was like, yeah, so I can't even do it. So then I was just talking to you about getting started doing shit. So I made a couple value posts, a couple shit like that. And then that's also the same a couple days after I gave my two weeks, I dropped an ad for a 14-day challenge on my social media. I remember that. And, and the next day, I, uh, I'm training someone literally mid-session. They're like, hey, Corey, after you've done your session, I, we need to come talk with us. I'm like, all right, sure, whatever. So I go and talk to them. Then they uh, pull out the pictures like, so what's this? I'm like, well, I told you I'm going to go start my own online business. I'm going to go online. I'm quitting. That's why I gave you my two weeks. Like, yeah, but you can't be doing online training if you work for us. I'm like, well, that's why I gave you my two weeks. If anything, I'm doing this as more as a, a courtesy for you to help transition your clients over. This is more of just a favor to you. I don't even want to be here. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, so then you can just leave. I'm like, <laughs> fine, bye. So then I literally left and like, I left. Like I grabbed my shit and then I'm like, I was like, all right, cool. And I'm like, you want me to call my clients? Let them know I'm not coming today. Like, no, we're fine. We got it. Just let you know, a lot of online coaches uh, tend to fall flat on their face. So just expect that to happen. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Definitely. Dude, can you say that one more time? Because I love rubbing shit in people's faces. <laughs> I was told that a lot of people going into online coaching, especially um, this, is they're going to fall flat on their face and they're not going to be successful. They're all wooed by all these big numbers and people doing good, but realistically, you're not going to be successful. I'm like, oh. you know why that's funny? I want to pause on that because every single person that says dozens of people say that to me, by the way, 
every single person that says that to me is operating from a place of like, I don't even get mad at it. I just think that it's just based off of people's perspective of what's possible with social media. Like if you've never ran a four minute mile before, like you don't think it's possible, but as soon as somebody does it, you kind of see what's possible. If you've never used social media to build a business, of course you think it's not possible to build a business because you're like, you've never done it. And so you don't think it's possible. And so you see all these other online coaches doing well. And if you've never done it yourself, it's really easy to look at other people and be like, oh yeah, it's not possible. You know, some people are lucky. Most people fall flat on their face. I think where it gets like a little bit messed up is when people that don't think it's possible like try to shove their beliefs down in your throat. Like, oh yeah, like you're probably gonna fail. Like I actually like, I'm not gonna lie, I love that. Like I love when people tell me that I'm gonna fail because I'm like so vengeful with that kind of stuff because like, why are you fucking broadcasting your opinion to me? I don't care, number one. Number two, like I'm actually so vengeful that I like, I'm the type of person I'll screenshot their social media and I'll just remember their name. And so that in five years time, I can like drive by their place and be like, hello, like how's your work? (laughs) I'm actually that, like it pisses me off to think that some people would like shove that opinion down your throat. Well, yeah, and no, and I completely agree with that. Like you kind of know my whole perspective on when someone tells you not to do something, what do you think to do? Now that being all to be said, but you can't, you can't blame others. I got a bit of an You can't blame others for having an opinion that's very uh, minuscule like that because they just don't have the vision to see more of themselves in a bigger position in life. Again, they don't see that themselves in that type of light. They don't have the vision for themselves or the drive or the willingness to go out and push themselves to achieve something greater. They're just okay with the status quo that they need to be an employee. And by all means, they've probably probably been like that their whole life. Yeah. So if you've been like that your entire life, it would be really easy for you to like say that it's not possible because you've never done it before. Well, you've also been conditioned for your fucking whole life. Like if you really want to, again, like we could go down the rabbit hole in this, but the way you see like me going through uh, high school, university, all this shit, it conditions you to literally your nine to five life. You have a start time, you have around a lunchtime, you got a break, you got shit to do after work. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're there from an X amount of time a day. And then you're doing that. You're always answering to someone. So you've been in class, your teacher is the authority. The mm-hmm. principal is the teacher's authority. It's all conditioned around you getting a nine to five, going to fucking work and constructing your life based off following someone else. Go get a job for someone else. Go work your way up in a company and go make a life for yourself. Well, okay, cool. But again, you're now building someone else's dream with your time that you're never going to get back. Now, that being said, that's also why me and you were also told how many times during fucking school that we're distractions. We can't yeah. adhere to rules. We're, yeah. not, we're very... You need to focus more. You're not going to go anywhere if you keep yeah, doing and, it. Again, like, you hear this over and over and over and over again. So then now it makes sense well why do i not fucking want to work for someone in a nine to five well because i can't conform to how everyone else does now mm-hmm. those people that are now saying oh you should do this you shouldn't go in entrepreneurship you shouldn't invest in yourself you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket type deal well because you just have never had that vision for yourself for something more and mm-hmm. you're okay with living your life as a status quo of going to work for someone else by all means that's fine if that's where you're at and that's where you see yourself that by all means go right ahead for me i can't fucking do it physically cannot do it i mentally cannot do it and i do not want to do it yeah now i wake up in the morning i'm not i don't look at what i do as a job i look at what i do as a hobby and i enjoy fucking doing yeah no i love that i wanted to kind of touch on that for a second because i think you're right like it's conditioning and a lot of people have it And straight up, I think that for those people that are like listening to this, that are like thinking about being an entrepreneur, like burning the bridges takes a lot of balls straight up. Burning the bridges 
takes a lot of balls. Because when you burn the bridges and you like tell everyone you're going all in on this one thing, you're going to have to deal with a lot of criticism. Criticism from your employer being like, are you sure this is the right move? Maybe it's criticism from your wife or your husband that's like, oh, I don't know if we should be doing this. Maybe it's criticism from your mom that's like, why are you posting so much on social media? Oh my God. You want to touch base on that? (laughs) I remember when I told my dad I was quitting the gym, he shit himself. He's like, that's a bad idea. Don't fucking do it. I don't know about that. Oh, you're going to ball. You shouldn't do that. I told my mom that and my stepdad, they're like, oh, well, building your own business, not easy to do. You probably should uh, maybe hold on to just maybe if you can go back. I'm like, fuck no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't fuck right off. And now like I tell them what I'm doing. They see what I'm doing. They see how great of a life I have. They see that I actually fucking have a career and I'm making good money. And now my dad's like, yeah, I'm just in shock and all what you do. I'm never going to question you again. And I'm like, Thank you. Yo, and like, that's another thing, guys, is like, everybody will tell you not to do it. And then once it's done, they'll ask you how you did it. Write that fucking down. <laughs> that everybody is everybody will tell you not to do it. And then once it's done, they'll ask you how you did it. That's like, that's a fact. I can promise you that. Because I've had people that I know might have judged me behind the scenes when I was building Aesthetic Nation. And those same people hired me when I started PT Domination to help them build a business. Everybody will tell you not to do it until it's done. And then they'll ask you how you did it. And so Corey, when do you think, like, let's say there's a personal trainer that's listening to this podcast episode right now. And they're like, yo, I'm like, I want to quit my job. I kind of want to quit my job. I'm not happy anymore. Like, when do you know if you're actually ready to quit your job? Well, that's kind of my perspective and definition when you mean ready, right? Like, what's your definition? How would you think that you would be ready? Oh, well, the fact that if personal trainer right now is sitting there saying, I'm not happy anymore, I'm like doing this, you've already made up your fucking mind. So it's happiness is number one, one of the things in there, hey? Yeah, well, well, you got to kind of look at it. Your happiness is the only thing you really have. Like at the end of the day, are you going to be living your life and doing the things that you don't want to do because you're now going to live your life to, let's say on a spectrum level, you live your life at a 50% because you're happy, you're happy with what you've made of your life that you're not happy with. Where I rather fucking look at it, like I have one life to be here. I'd rather be at my happiest, period. Mm. So if I'm not happy doing something, that's already a clear indication that you are on the wrong path because it's clearly not in line with the values you have inside yourself. Because, or else you wouldn't be doing that. You wouldn't be feeling that. You'd be happy to go to work. You'd be happy with the money you make. You'd be happy with the life you live. You wouldn't be bitching and complaining or even having the thought in your head that you don't want to do it. The fact so that I'm gonna say, you don't want to be there. I'm going to say three things. So I love happiness. Happiness is number one because I think that, like, if you're not happy at your current job, you need to quit, but it might not be right now. And I'm going to tell you why. So happiness is number one. Number two is direction. So when I say direction, this is why. Like you can say that you want to lose 50 pounds. Like I'm unhappy, so I want to lose 50 pounds. And then you can get on the treadmill and you can do three hours of cardio a day. And that's not necessarily the right direction. Or I actually think the better word is strategy. Yeah, I'd say strategy because I didn't have a fucking direction I left. Because like, Corey, if you quit your in-person job, but you had no idea how to build an online business and you just started posting on social media random shit, like you'd still be broke and you'd go back to in-person training. So if you burn the bridges, but you don't have a strategy to get you to the next level, like that's a serious problem. So I would say happiness, like in the pursuit of happiness, happiness would be number one. Strategy would be the second thing that'd be like the most important thing to kind of consider. And number three, the question that you need to ask yourself is can you handle the pressure? Yeah, yeah. Can, no, and again, handle the fucking pressure. Because Corey, if you didn't pay bills in Bali, you're flat broke and going back to world health, like with your tail between your legs. Oh yeah, for sure. But that also being said, 
that also really kind of comes down to the type of person you are. Because like for me, when I decide to do something, I don't look at failure as an option, as in I'm going to keep doing something until I see success in it. But again, it also kind of comes down because you were asking me like, when did I kind of know it was time to leave? And again, like for me, it was just happiness straight up. The fact I told you, like if you're not happy doing something, that's already one sign. To make another uh, analogy or another way of kind of looking at it, you got to look at it as an investment. Are you investing the time that you have and are you getting the return of happiness that you want? Hmm. So if you're investing all your time, all your effort, all your resources into trying to achieve a goal, are you getting that happiness back in terms of your investment? If you're spending all the time, effort, and energy doing something you fucking hate and you don't give a fuck, that's where that direction now comes in, that you are not moving in that direction, which means you need to make a change in your investment. Hmm. And that's and they, that can go for even people in a fucking bank. They're not seeing the return back on their investment. They're going to get out of that investment and put it towards something that's going to get a, a better investment back. So I'm going to kind of summarize because I think we talked about some super, super fire points. So if you're an in-person trainer right now and you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about quitting your job, there's a few things that you need to consider. Number one, you're investing a lot of your time and energy into building something for somebody else. That would be the first thing. If that makes you happy, that's totally cool. I respect that. So some in-person trainers love their job. That's amazing. Like good for you. But if you're investing your time and energy and you're not happy, then it might be time to make a change. Now, when you make a change and you're considering quitting your job, you need to make sure that you have the right strategy and game plan to head in the direction that you want to go. Because if you just quit your job, but you don't actually know what direction you're going, like you could just end up broke faster and you'll have to crawl back with your tail between your legs. So you need to make sure that you have the right strategy and game plan to head in the direction that you want to go. That's super important. And the last thing that I think is the most important to consider is can you handle the fucking pressure? Because guys, being an entrepreneur is pressure. It's challenging. And it's not just building a business. You're also building yourself. Like you've got to overcome procrastination, fear, self-doubt, anxiety, feeling like you don't want to post, feeling like you have nothing to say, feeling like you have no value to offer, feeling like nobody's going to buy your program, feeling like there's not enough leads on social media. You have to overcome all of these things. And so it's not only building a business, but you also have to build yourself. Yeah. I would say those are great summary points. And I 100% with that, like it also kind of comes down to what is it you want out of your life too. Boom. Guys, that's it. That's all. See Robach, bro. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me on this. And I hope everyone got a little bit of insight into a little bit about what I kind of went through starting my online business. Now, I've only been an online coach for two years. I built my following from less than 300 and zero activity to over 11,000, as well as build an online trading business, making over 10K a month for 14 reoccurring. And bro, tell them about the TikTok clout. What are you at on TikTok right oh, now? Oh, yeah, I actually, I just started doing my TikTok, like actually doing it. Well, I wouldn't even say consistently yet. I'd say three, four times posting a week. And I've been doing that for about three months now because I think it was like in August, July, I really started. And yeah. I'm at like 23,000 now, something like that. Boom. And it's growing anywhere from five to a thousand a day. So let's go. Let's go. And just for some context, you guys, we are going to be doing a podcast with Corey every single week on Wednesday at the exact same time. So, Thank you for tuning in. This is the Change Lives Make Money Online Trainer Podcast, the number one show for online fitness coaches who are trying to grow a successful online business. That's it. That's all. I hope you have the best day of your entire life and I'll talk to you guys soon.